right, we're back. Uh, two days in a row. This is rare, um, but uh, hopefully we'll get more used to it. Welcome to our road to the Oscars 2023. Yeah, boy. Um, yeah, we watched another movie. Paige, what did we, we watch? We did. We watched The Banshees of Inishirin. Banshees of Inishirin, which if you listen to our All Quiet on the Western Front episode... We mentioned several times that this was going to be the next episode, so here it is. Um, pretty uh, middle of the road on this one. This movie is bizarre. Yeah. In not a great way. Yeah, there are things about it that I do really like, and things about it that I don't like at all. And and then other things that I'm wondering if maybe it'll be like, uh, like Parasite or... Uh, like you are with, say, Terminator, things like that, where maybe the more I look into it, the more it'll all understand what the hype is all about. But I don't right, think it's going to be like yeah, that. I've already read all of the iTunes or uh, IMDb trivia, and there's interesting stuff, but not fascinating stuff. And I'm. I'm just confused. As to how this got nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Like, I understand some things. The it, acting nominations, totally get. For yeah, Colin think, Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and Barry Cogan and... The sister. This What is her name? <laughs> Why am I... I mean, okay, I've whatever. never seen her in anything else, I don't think. But yeah, acting, great. Yeah. Um, the story... Yeah. Is useless confusing overly pointless i wouldn't even uh well yeah it is overly dark but it's overly bleak like i feel like those are slightly different adjectives but they both need to be said i feel like overall there's really nothing redeemable about this movie I, i would say the acting is a redeeming quality about it I would say the cinematography But you cannot is save a movie just by acting and yeah, cinematography. I, I, I wouldn't say they fully redeem it, but I would say they are redeeming qualities, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, they, they help the viewing experience, you know? Okay. Um, like, I could see someone saying, yeah, it's, it's not very good, but I would say you should watch it just to take in the performances of this person or that person, I'd be able to be like, okay, I, I, could, I could see where you're coming from. But best picture? Yeah, definitely not best picture. I I just said a little bit earlier, uh, there are still several movies we haven't seen, but I definitely think you could have handed off this nomination to something far more deserving. I, I've said it several times, but I think uh, The Batman was more deserving than this. I think uh, Glass Onion was more deserving than this. So, yeah, uh, when we first finished watching it, I was just kind of like, wow, damn, oh my gosh. And as the, you know, two days have passed or whatever, in that time, I just find myself thinking more and more, what, what the hell? Like, there's not, it's not that there's not quality here, but there's not enough concentrated quality to justify all of the different awards it's being nominated for. It's just not structured like a story. Like a normal movie, you know, you have like the ebbs and flows and you have the highs and the lows and like mm-hmm. 
you for the most part have some sort of resolution at the end of your film yeah and this one you just don't like i don't want to be your friend anymore if you talk to me again i'm gonna cut off a finger that was another thing next time you talk to me i'm gonna cut off all four fingers yeah the uh like the plot structuring like the the image you have your um uh exposition then your inciting moment or whatever and then your rising action your climax and then your falling action and the inciting moment doesn't happen like the whole what made you decide not to be his friend anymore they never say it's just he's boring yeah it's just like i don't have time for boring people for a really long time but i just out of nowhere decided you're too boring and i've just decided we're not friends anymore and i need to write a song yeah like that's gonna last so that i can be remembered but I'm going to cut off all of the fingers on my fiddle playing hand yeah. so that I can't write the fucking song. Yeah. Um, I'm so annoyed by this movie. I, I feel like if you made a movie where someone threatens to do that and then they don't, fine. Okay. It was kind of an odd scene where he made that threat. But then having a movie where it's like he makes that outlandish threat and then does it is like, oh, fuck and then he does it four more times ew and then that kills an innocent animal Um, and then he burns down the house yeah i I feel like the burning down the house was like the one time where it was finally like this isn't one-sided cruelty like i finally started like rooting for uh colin farrell in that moment because yeah uh Brendan Gleeson is just being an asshole. Yeah. Like, Like, also, is this supposed to be, like, somehow celebrating not treating mental illness? Like, uh, uh, is there some sort of deeper meaning that I'm missing? Like, I feel like everyone, at some point in your life, you've had people who you don't super enjoy hanging out with them but because you've been friends for so long you feel like you need to continue being their friend i have i've had those people but i'm a good person so i try not to let them know it um and this it's been years like this i'm talking like back when you're in middle school and everyone's socially awkward but some people are more socially awkward than others and some of your friends are just cringy um but then you just sort of like after a few years, you you look for an out. You look to start gravitating towards a group of friends that hopefully so-and-so won't gravitate towards as much. And then you just suddenly aren't talking as often. And I feel like there, there are so many ways to do that more peacefully. And Brennan Gleeson just all in one day suddenly goes, everything's different now. And if you can't get with it, then I'm going to start really being bizarre. No. Just just say, like, hey, um, what if I... Uh, I, I think I'm going to go hang out with these guys and uh, maybe uh, I'll see you tomorrow or something. And then you get a night away from Colin Farrell's character. There are so many ways of 
going about this that aren't being an asshole. Uh, which, I mean, I, I know some people are probably going to be like, well, you know, this didn't actually happen. It's a fictitious story. Yes, but I still had to watch it in real life. So, it I didn't like it. Um, Do you think it's getting all of the hype because it's different? It might be. It, that is one thing. A lot of people... It seems like a lot of people start to praise non-traditional or just non-Western style storytelling. And sometimes I can see that a unique story is, is a bit of a breath of fresh air. But oftentimes I find that different is not enough to make something quality. And this, yeah, it's very non-traditional, very non western storytelling style but i still hate it yeah and there are plenty of western style stories that came out this year that were better like i mean there's even non-western ones that came out that are better yeah. i mean this is up against everything everywhere all at once yeah that was a very that movie was bizarre mm-hmm. but great yeah this movie was bizarre, but so disappointing. Yeah, uh, I would say Everything Everywhere All at Once has almost like a general-ish, and this is coming from someone who's only seen it once, and there's a chance if I were to see it more times, I would be uh, more able to pick out the different ingredients, but it doesn't really follow that uh, exposition inciting action rising action uh, or inciting moment rising action climax falling action um i don't think it follows that to a t there is a climax there is um a bit of an inciting action but it's it's you know definitely not your normal style of it um so yeah like everything everywhere all at once has elements of it but it's still very um, unique, I would say. Uh, Banshee's Venishirin is just so... Like, it, it, the only thing that makes it unique is that it's an absolute downer of a movie. Um, and I'm that... so glad we did not see it in theaters. Oh, yeah. Because mm. the accents that they have in this movie... Yeah. We're so hard to understand Thick that if Irish. we did not have subtitles, I don't think I would understand what was happening in the movie. Yeah. Um, Even with subtitles, I struggled to understand what was happening in the movie. There there were a few times I was just having to stare at those words. I, I want to say once or twice I actually had to go back and be like, I'm sorry, I was trying to read it and it I still couldn't follow. Uh, because they're not only using thick irish accents you're they're also using like true authentic irish slang that i'm so unfamiliar with that even when they're using it in context it's still pretty confusing um so yeah uh with that said there are moments like i was uh talking to someone else the other day there are several moments in this movie that i found legitimately very very funny um there's the moment when brendan gleason goes to confession and the priest is like 
or he's like, I, I did this and I did this and uh, I swore at someone or something. Uh, and the priest is like, is that it? He's like, I think so. You sure that's everything? Yeah. What about the fact you're not talking to Colin Farrell's character anymore? How did you find out? Bro, we live on an island of like 300 people. Word gets around. Also, he talked to me and asked me to put in a good word for you. <laughs> like, that's that's really funny. Like, that moment had me really laughing. Um, there are a bunch of moments like that that are great. Um, but, yeah, like I've said before, um, this is uh, Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, and the director all worked together previously on a movie called In Bruges. I think... Uh, in Bruges and Banshees of Inishirin are both cursed with the same um, ailment, which is they made shitty trailers. The trailers did not accurately depict what kind of movie you're going to They did walk not into. at all. I thought it was going to be funny. Yeah. and Like, there were funny moments, but I would not consider this movie a comedy. Yeah. In Bruges, I don't think is quite as bad as this. Um... However, at the same time, in Bruges also, like, the trailers advertise that as being a straight-up comedy that might get a tad bit adult. Not even dark, just we're talking about a hitman, so it may, there may be, like, a death scene or something. But you see the movie, it is really, really dark. Thankfully, I was warned about it before actually sitting down to watch in Bruges, so I was ready for it to get that dark. Um, and so when it was funny, it was really, really funny. And when it was dark, it was, like, impressively dark. With Banshees, when it's funny, it's decently funny. It's yeah. it's pretty dang funny here and there. But when it gets dark, it gets so... Like, it, it, it gets dark to a point that I regret taking in the story. And you also just don't really give a shit about the characters like like I, there's not a whole lot of character development yeah i do at least for colin farrell and brendan gleason yeah. like the most character development you get is barry Cogan's character and he ends up dying in a lake yeah um i feel like there's a lot of character development in colin farrell i would say there's more character development in colin farrell than anyone else uh, definitely more than Barry Cogan. Um, because, like, his personality at the beginning of the movie is very different from his personality at the end. I feel like Barry Cogan begins the movie and ends the movie pretty much the same. He's He performs the role very, very well, but um, he doesn't whenever good things happen to him or bad things happen to them, uh, it doesn't affect him long-term that much. I see that. Unless his death in the lake was self-inflicted. I was going to say, was um, that? Which... They never really explained that. Yeah, and if that's the case, I feel like showing the moment when he does it, showing the moment when it happens, no matter how it happens, would progress his character a lot. Do you think like, it was his dad that did it? 
I Because I feel like of... his dad did not act that shocked when the old lady... Did he not? ...brought the body over. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I mean, also, his dad was a piece of shit, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was nice seeing uh, Brendan Gleeson punch the dude. Yes. And I think he punched him with the hand with no fingers, but I could be off on that. Um, but at the same time, that's another thing. Like, for how shitty that character was, I wanted to see him really get his comeuppance. And he gets one shot to the face. Yeah. Like, I I would have been fine seeing that movie end with uh, Colin Farrell burning both of their houses down. Like, um... There was just really no satisfying end. Yeah. Like, it is tragically sad to see, like, the the happy-go-lucky optimistic character of Colin Farrell just diminish and um, deteriorate until he's just this, like, hate-filled guy who's just lost too much and now he's just very pessimistic and he's filled with anger and rage and just wants to hurt people because he's been hurt too. But as an audience member, I'm kind of like, eh, you kind of deserve the revenge you're seeking. Like, someone needs to get in Brennan Gleeson's face and tell him he's out of line and, and being a dick about this whole thing. And the cop... You're a cop. You can't be acting this way. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you're going to be that much of a bastard, someone's going to hit you. And if you don't stand up and immediately go, oh, I don't like getting hit. I'm going to be a very different person from here on out. You're going to keep getting hit. But that was the annoying thing. He only got hit the one time and then didn't get any better. And so, yeah. So many things about this movie just are so bleak and bland and blah. Um, This movie is, I would say, overall, it's, (laughs) I don't even want to say it's worth the watch, but the shots are beautiful. If you want to see Ireland, sure, watch this movie. There are some beautiful shots of Ireland in it. I will say. If you want to see some really good acting, they have that. Yeah. Um, So this is up for a bunch of awards. Nine. Nine It is awards. nominated for nine Oscars. But the weird thing to me, it's not up for cinematography. It's not? I thought it no. was. No. Uh, cinematography is all quiet. Bardo, False Chronicle, A Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. Okay. It is not up for cinematography. And I think that's one of its strengths. Yeah. I think that's one of its few strengths. So this is nominated for uh, Actress in a Supporting Role, Carrie Condon. Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role, Colin Farrell. Original Score. Best Picture... Uh, directing, uh, supporting role for Brendan Gleeson, supporting role for Barry Cogan, original screenplay, and film editing. Yeah, um, I don't see film, film editing is one of those that for years now I've been trying to 
um, understand what that means, and I still don't really. I think it's just where do you cut each shot and switch to a different angle, and how do you take all the footage that you filmed and then put that in order and tell your story. Um, and if that's the case, I don't see this being that impressive with film editing. Especially looking at what it's up against. It's up against Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Um... I just don't see... I mean, maybe it'll take some of the acting nominations that it's up for, but I don't see it taking anything else. Okay, real quick, with uh, what it's up against with film editing, I also want to talk about what it's not up against with film editing. When I when I said that description of, like, you take everything you filmed, what order do you put it in, what angles do you choose, things like that, um, the film editing in... Why is Glass Onion not on there? Yeah! Is that what you were about to bring it, up? Did yes. I just ruin it? I'm yeah. sorry. Um, I thought Glass Onion had phenomenal film editing because they make things clear but then cover things up in order to keep you guessing and not fully aware of of what's going on they keep they keep the mystery alive through film editing it's really i feel like that takes far more talent skill understanding of your narrative all that stuff than banshees of inisherin took now some of our listeners may understand film editing better than i do if I am just fundamentally not understanding what film editing means, please let me know. But from where I'm sitting, this does not deserve to be nominated. And there are other films that are being ignored that totally deserve it more. Um, I think most action movies, a well-choreographed and a well-shot fight scene is such a a higher challenge level than anything in Banshees. Like, I I don't get it. Um, I, I will say, and again, another complaint, this movie isn't nominated for Best Cinematography. And there are some incredible shots. There's a moment when, uh, I think it's after Brendan Gleeson has only cut off one of his fingers, but he's laying in bed and, like, the moonlight is coming through the window and he lifts up his hand and just looks at it, but you can see the shadow of his hand across the wall, and so it's, you see uh, the window on one side of the frame, him in the center of the frame just being illuminated by the moon, and then the silhouette of his hand against the wall on the opposite side of the frame. As soon as they cut to that angle, I straight up said out loud, are you fucking kidding me? Because it was a beautiful shot. Very difficult to get the right angle. Very difficult to come up with. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it was really, really good. Um, there's a moment when the sister is considering leaving or something, but she's standing right on the edge of the lake. And the camera's behind her, and she's perfectly centered in frame. And it's just... Like, her, and then across the lake, and the mountains, and the way the mountain, 
like the land formation is it comes into this v and she's standing right in the center of this v it's a jaw-dropping shot i was amazed and this movie isn't nominated for best cinematography i don't understand i don't get it i'm looking through all of the different awards that this is nominated for and i hope it doesn't walk away with any of them i mean even the acting noms they're up against some big names yeah for uh actor in a supporting role barry kogan did a phenomenal job but i'm still rooting for kihui kwan for everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. i thought he did a really really good job and he had to play four different versions of waymond in one film barry kogan did a phenomenal job playing one like that's same with brendan gleason who's also nominated for that yeah i the thing is like i feel like brendan gleason just has to be pretty like stoic the whole time where Barry Kogan is always doing something. He's always itching the back of his head or squeezing one hand, like squeezing fingers of one hand in the other hand or rubbing his nose or just looking off somewhere. Like he really, he was one character that if they had just left the camera on him for way longer, I would have always found it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very like uh, Brad Pitt in that way. I love watching Brad Pitt just be his character. Like even if he doesn't have a line to say, just watching him, how does he eat that food, drink that drink, walk down this street, climb those stairs, push that elevator button. Like it's really interesting watching Brad Pitt do that stuff. And I feel like watching... Barry Kogan's, um, it's not Damon, uh, Derek, Derek, I don't know, it, it's some, Dominic, Dominic, um, yeah, watching his Dominic just do everyday stuff, I would have loved to just watch that, he really did a phenomenal job just being his character, um, Brendan Gleeson did a really good job of delivering his lines, and walking here and there and stuff, but at the same time, I feel like he did a lot of, um, he says something, and then he's just standing in the shot waiting for the response. And his face, he has a good waiting for the response look in his eyes and on his face. But once he's gotten to that facial expression, he stays there until more is given to him. And I feel like Barry Kogan is never that static. Um, so I do think he's he's really, really good. But yeah, Kiwi Kwan. I'm still rooting for him. Like, And um, obviously we'll get more into detail later in our episodes about the competition for each category. Yeah. But yeah, I. Uh, do you have anything else to say about this yeah, movie? As I'm looking through all of the different things it's nominated for, there just keeps being these like, okay, it's nominated for that. I hope it goes to that other thing. It's nominated for this. I hope it goes to that other thing. It's nominated for that. Hope it goes to something else. Like, every single one. um, I feel like the strongest things about Banshees of Inishirin 
other movies delivered that same thing stronger this year. I agree. I agree. In in another year, there's a chance I would have thought Barry Cogan's uh, performance would have been the best supporting actor. But not this year. Like, sorry. Um, One thing... uh, Man. Yeah, one thing I do want to talk about. The... I don't know if she's supposed to be the Banshee of Inishirin, but the old woman was just creepy as shit. Was there just one old woman? Yeah. Or were there two? I think there was just one. Okay. Um, but, yeah, creepy without ever, like, coming right out and saying this is why she's being so creepy. Um, at one point, you see uh, Colin Farrell... And his sister is, like, sailing away on the boat. Mm-hmm. And he's up on a cliff and he's waving to her. And then the camera sort of, like, pans in a way. It, it moves in some way. And you can see this dark figure in the background, like, past him. But the camera never changes its its uh, um, depth of field or anything. So you never find out what that thing is beyond him. But... When the shot starts, he's waving and his arm is up. And it's not until he brings his arm down that you see that the thing is there. So it almost kind of felt like because they revealed that something is there, my eye was supposed to catch it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if they never I wonder revealed... if it was almost like a woman in black type thing. Yeah, like I... Where that I, lady's just in the background of every shot and I we assumed, only caught her in a few. Yeah, I assumed kind of that it was her, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then I I recognize that killing the donkey that was, was so sad. yeah, like I recognize that it is kind of one of the only things you've put in your story that can really push Colin Farrell's character over the edge. But damn it, like that is such an I I, I constantly find animal cruelty to be such an easy and therefore overutilized plot device um that's almost on the same rung as like if you want to simultaneously uh show the audience that one person is bad and also give your main hero um justification to hunt the bad guy have the bad guy rape an important female in the cast or in the the plot and yeah it seems like a lot of people or a lot of films will just write a rape scene into their plot in order to justify hunting the bad guy and it's like there are better ways of or there are other ways of getting that point across and you didn't have to write that into your story and i think the same thing goes for you know killing dogs or killing ponies or whatever um or just any like and then the dog died or the dog got hit by a car or whatever like there's so many animal movies where bad shit happens to the dog in order to get the audience on board with 
who's good and who's bad and stuff. And it's just, it seems dumb. And I'm... Or it doesn't seem dumb, it seems overplayed. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, this annoyed me. Um, I feel like the only times when it's like... I'm glad you're finally on my page about the dog dying. I was never not... Okay. I think there are a few movies. Uh, John Wick uses the death of a dog effectively. It does. It doesn't just like, I don't know, how can we make him bad? I don't know, kill his dog? They specifically brought the dog into the plot and specifically gave the dog such a profound level of importance so that it's not just how do we show the audience that these guys are bad and stuff. It's uh, for several movies to come, we will relentlessly show the audience how hard John Wick worked to get out of this world. And the death of that dog made him not hesitate to jump right back in. And so, yeah, like, the death of the dog in John Wick, okay. Uh, The dog in John Carpenter's The Thing, that's, you know, who wouldn't trust a dog? And it's, it's such a nice way of introducing, um... The thing. Yeah, the, this thing that is supposed to try its best to act normal and, like, it fits in with society. Well, if a dog is acting strange, like, it, it takes a lot longer to pick up on that. And oftentimes people, if a dog is acting strange... They'll go straight up to the dog. And in this story, you need to stay away from the dog if it's acting weird. But they don't know that, and there's no way for the dog to communicate or not be able to communicate. It's great. And so, yeah, I think those are two of the stories where dog deaths, are they really do add to the plot. Um, but the donkey then, death did not. Yeah, every time I see a trailer for a dog's purpose... Or A Dog's Journey, or Milo and Me, or Marley and Me, me, or Old Yeller, or whatever it is. Any movie that's like, and the main character is a dog, I'm like, and Dallas isn't buying a ticket. Um, I think The Art of Racing in the Rain or something like that. Um, Yeah, I just... Did I already say A Dog's Purpose? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at some point, like, I grew up watching Homeward Bound. I hope I never rewatch it in this life. I don't give a shit. Like, you want to rewatch it in the next life? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll have a higher tolerance for animals in danger. But right now, no. Not in the mood. Um, as soon as you make animals animated, though, it's free game. If Simba's in trouble, that's just an interesting story. Like, as as long as that uh, lion cub is animated, I I can deal, I can watch. Um, but yeah, so what I'm really trying to say is Banshees of Inisherin under delivered. Um, I think that's everything. Um, do you have someone you want to meet? Yes, I'm glad I just finished. Uh, editing 
the last episode about an hour ago because it reminded me that I already stated that I want to meet Kevin Smith. Uh, I have run into him at conventions here and there and stuff, and I've spoken to him on the phone once. Um, But, yeah, he is just such a lovable dude. Such a great, genuine guy. And, like, every time I see interviews with him uh, or Q&As with him and stuff, he just, he cares about his fans, he cares about people, and he cares about his fandoms. He's he really feels like he he made his fame in loving what he loves and knowing how to word it so that other people were like, dude, yeah, right? Oh my gosh, I love that too. And I love everything this guy is saying about it. And he kept doing that until bigger and bigger names gave him bigger and bigger platforms. And eventually, like, he did such a good job of writing characters talking about Marvel characters and Star Wars characters and stuff like that, that Marvel let him write Daredevil for a while. And he's like, I think he's written some stuff for DC. I could be off on that, but I know he's written for Marvel. Um, And he's directed a bunch of movies. Um, I would love to see him direct comic book movies. Like, that would be a much bigger budget than he's ever handled before. But I feel like his understanding of what makes a comic book movie good I think he could knock it out of the park. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I would love to meet Kevin Smith. I support that. Do you have someone? I'm going to go with Lauren Graham. Yeah? Okay. Have you done Lauren Graham before? I don't think I have. No? Okay. Which is shocking. Yeah. Due to my love of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And the fact that I own all of her books. Do you? How many books has she written? Two. Okay. Three. It's late. I don't remember. Okay. Um, yeah. Of the uh, stuff of Gilmore Girls that I have seen, I've seen... I can never remember if I if I did two and a half seasons or three and a half seasons. But I know I didn't finish whatever season I ended on. And I know I at least watched through the end of season two. Um, but yeah, like, from what I saw of the show, I feel like Lauren Graham was pretty easily the best aspect of that show um just had the most uh skill for interpreting amy sherman paladino's writing style um and she just she she knew how to like hit her punchlines well Mm -hmm. um so yeah I, i quickly got to a point where if a scene started and Lorelai wasn't in the scene. I was like, ah, damn it. Um, so yeah, I could I could support Lauren Graham. Um, have you followed her career very closely outside of Gilmore Girls? No. No. Okay. I didn't watch Parenthood. I okay, haven't yeah, watched I Mighty Ducks or what oh, is yeah. it called? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think it's Mighty Ducks, the new season or winning season or something like that. But yeah, the, there's a Mighty Ducks Disney Plus exclusive series or something. So. Um, yeah, I thought she was in Parenthood. Um, I believe her daughter is played by Mae Whitman. Yes, who is, she is. Yeah, the voice actress of Katara. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I can dig that. Lauren Graham, if you're listening, we want to meet you. Kevin Smith, if you're listening, bro, totally want to sit down and chat with you. 
Um, yeah. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Um, we have an Instagram page. That is the.real.couple. Uh, you can go on there. You can follow us. You can share us. You can tell your friends about us. Um, you can, uh, maybe sometime in the future, you can go on Etsy and buy our swag. Uh, we're still working on filling that stuff out. Um, you can send us your predictions for what's going to win Oscars. You can send us uh, your preferences on there's i feel like with oscar season there's predictions and there's what you wish would take it two very different things yeah those uh for some people they're the same but for a lot of people i feel like they're very different um so yeah just uh slide into our dms um anything else nope all right i think that's everything i had take care guys love you bye bye